and welcome to the Pursuit of Health and Myth podcast. I'm your host, Winana van Delft. I'm a health and mindset coach, spaghetti and ice cream lover, travel junk, and a cat mom. I love conversations that are on a more raw and deeper level. And today's guest is someone who shouldn't even be here, according to the doctors. She has experienced death a couple of times and the doctors told her that she would never be able to walk again. They even want to amputate her leg. After many, many struggles physically and mentally, she is now a master of her brain. She will explain everything in this episode on how to clear stress in three minutes or less, because that is something that she had to learn to do after her injuries. Stress would swell up her soft tissue at the back of her neck, preventing blood from going to her brain that would give her about three minutes before she would black out. So Joy is here to share her story and now is stronger and happier than ever. Welcome, Joy. Welcome to my podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing so good, Renanda. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so glad to speak with you and talk about everything that you do. Um, I know a little bit about you already, but can you tell a little bit about yourself uh, for the audience? Well, I have died six times in this life. The first time was for two and a half minutes on the operating table after flying off a cliff on a motorbike. So I am living proof that you only get to die when it's your time. Yeah. And I'm also living proof that incurable means curable only from within. I have been given up on by the Western medical profession on six completely unrelated occasions. Uh, so I, that's why I'm certified in more than a dozen different healing modalities. Yeah. <laughs> it's been an interesting life. It is. It's like you have a cat and nine, nine cat lives, how do you say? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it does seem to be that way. Actually, I think it's it, it's been very odd. You know, I, I don't know. Um, most people, it seems, are, are, are born and live a nice life and, and, and die and reincarnate. And, but it seems like I have just jumped from life to life to life in the same body. Yeah. Do you, and do each you really time feel I've that way? Returned, well, each time I've been returned with different uh, skills and uncommon abilities and perspectives to be able to help other people. Yeah. So it's been, uh, uh, my life has crafted me as a channel for divine will. Yeah, wow. I'm best known for teaching how to live more joyfully and less stressfully in three minutes or less. Wow, um, tell, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's important. Yeah. Uh, so after the, the bike accident, um, well, doctors said I'd never walk again. They wanted to amputate my leg. So I told the doctor I'd not only walk, I'd dance on his grave. And that's how I became the silver medal winning ballroom and Latin dancer. Wow. And, um, yeah, I was determined. I hated that doctor. So, <laughs> you used that. I said you used that as motivation. <laughs> I did. I did. I was negatively motivated for a great amount of my life. I'm the kind of person who, if you told me I couldn't do something, I would say, watch me. Oh, and I didn't have a great deal of respect for authority. And at 15, I was an extremely stroppy teenager. And, yeah. So, anyway, I I recovered. It took me seven years. Um, and then I started kicking ass. And I'm from New Zealand. I was raised in the valley where Rivendell was filmed in Lord of the Rings. Oh. And um, so I was doing amazing in, in the corporate arena. I loved making money. I was really, really good at it. Um, I had at that time a wonderful husband who loved being a house husband and just wanted to support me in making money. So that worked out really well. 
I convinced him to leave New Zealand, uh, where I was a big fish in a small pond, and moved to Australia. And we had a fabulous flat in Elizabeth Bay watching the Sydney to Hobart yacht races from our balcony and everything was going really, really well. And then I was hit by a drunk driver at 24 and all of the injuries from the, the motorcycle accident were reactivated. I couldn't speak without stuttering. I couldn't walk or stand for more than a few moments. I couldn't lift a glass of water with my left hand. I lost 70% of the strength in the left side of my body. But most challenging of all was any time I went into stress, the soft tissue would swell at the base of my neck, blood would stop going to my brain, and I would have about three minutes before I blacked out. Now, I never knew if I was going to wake up from any of those blackouts, so it was a very stressful time. Yeah, and uh, it's making anything better. (laughs) And each blackout was causing an oxidative stress wall in my forebrain. So after a couple of years of intermittent oxygen deprivation, I no longer had reliable access to my frontal lobes and doctors said I'd be dead or brain dead by the time I was 30. So I started studying holistic medicine and that's why I'm certified in so many different healing modalities. And as I journeyed through these different modalities, I uncovered these amazing skills and tools that I would have given my eye teeth for as an executive. Like how to relax instantly, how to keep a clear head no matter what's going on, how to dissolve emotional trauma painlessly. Whenever I learned how to reprogram the neurological pathways of my brain to bypass all of the injuries by thinking new thoughts. So in all of the tests that they did a couple of years later to find out, well, just how bad is the brain damage? My frontal lobes test as an autistic child. So in the things that most people consider very easy, I test as, mm, uh, yeah, as as autistic and and not able. But in all of the the tests that people consider really difficult, I test as genius. I wasn't able to think forward or remember back. So I taught myself to think up and look down. So at 30, instead of, basket weaving, which is what the court-appointed psychiatrist suggested that I do in order to remain a functioning member of society. That was actually very helpful for me. I got to tell him exactly what I thought of him and his profession, and (laughs) it was quite cathartic. Um, So instead of doing that, I had co-created Australia's first end-user computing support organisation. I was advising state and federal government. I was the first individual ever to be nominated for an IT&T Excellence Award for industry development. So oh. I literally turned that industry on its ear, which was Amazing. so fun. It was, it was. So, uh, but never in a million years did I imagine that that uh, 20 or 30 years later, I can't remember, it was this, this was in the mid nineties when I received the nomination. Um, and now I teach people how to reprogram their brains for optimal levels of productivity and joy and how to experience joy regardless of circumstance. Because let's face it, circumstances tend to be pretty challenging and we don't always get to control what happens to us. But what we can learn to control and what we can choose is how we're going to feel about what happens. And it's this choice that matters because it's this choice that determines what happens next. Yes, 
Absolutely, I love it. Oh, I love how the brain works. I, I've said it a million times, but really, like you, you can change your mind, you can change your state with that, and you can change everything around you with that. So, yeah, I love yes. it. Tell me more about what you what you do and how you do it. Well, oh gosh. So I programmed my brain with a baseline of joy. Um, basically. When I was when I was reworking my brain and trying to find trying to find ways around it, I I discovered that our brains are massively sophisticated bioorganic supercomputers, and that there's a lot of programs loaded that are not for our highest good, darling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that uh, and often the the programs that have been loaded have been done so by people perhaps with our very best interest in their heart but who also have virus programs running in their software as well, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So we get programmed by society and church and, and, and school and, and the media um, to believe that we have to look like this and smell like this and own three of these and have gone to these schools in order to be happy, successful or loved. <gasps> Doesn't make sense. And that's not just true. That's just yeah. not true. But these programs keep us nicely contained so that we cannot truly experience who it is that we are and uh, and step into our power and out of our slavery. Yeah. So, so I started um, going through the, the programs. Hmm, let me see. So after... I'm just trying to I'm just trying to scan what would be the the most helpful story to share with you right now um, yeah, because you have a lot I've seen it I do I <laughs> have, have so many <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so for your audience are mostly women yeah and so the first thing I want to say is you can do anything and don't let anybody tell you that you can't my darling I kicked ass in that old boys network and they hated me for it. I remember I remember standing on stage addressing a, a, a room full of high-level government and corporate executives and teaching them how to save 45% on all of their end-user computing costs each quarter, saving millions and millions of dollars. And I was getting comments like, that's what happens when you let a woman out of the kitchen. I really? walked in. Oh, yeah. Oh, what did yeah. you and say? What did you do? What did I, I, I just, I just. You just kept your head high and spent all. Yeah, I knew that they were intimidated by me. I knew that they were afraid of me. And I proceeded anyway. I went, I remember delivering a presentation I went to the the director general of health who was the second highest politician in the land and I had created a series of traineeships that created literally thousands of jobs in uh in the industry well in the, in the industry that I had created that's why I received the the I was the first individual to be nominated for this award for these traineeships I was so proud I went in there I presented this to him and he said you know I've had a hard on ever since you walked in you will receive all kinds of resistance. Don't let it worry you. How did I respond? 
Well, I was invited to uh, to speak at a big conference about what it's like to be a woman in the computer industry because there just weren't any. I was the only one um, that wasn't a secretary or a, a um, you know a sales rep. And I told that story about the Director General of Health. I didn't name him, but everybody knew who he was. You can't control what people say about you, my love. You can't. You can't control how people think about you. All you can do is decide how you're going to feel about it and what you're going to do with that information. If you decide that it is not going to affect you or that it is going to make you even stronger, then it will. Yeah. It will. So I, I achieved all this after, you know, I, I think the most interesting thing was that these, these, these men, these people never knew that the reason I, I sat to do my presentations was because I couldn't stand. You know, I got uh, known for, for my fireside chats because when I was on stage, instead of standing behind a lectern, I would have a chair set up with a nice little table with a glass of water, a little lamp. I would have the, the computer at eye level. So I, I looked like I was speaking directly to the audience as, uh, where I was just reading uh, from my, you know, the computer. Yeah. Um, they never knew. I learned that I had to be twice as good in order to be considered half as good and that that wasn't all that difficult because these hidebound men could only see what was directly in front of them. If you learn to think in different ways, if you learn to take a step back, for, like the oxidative stress walls in my forebrain, um, they look like this and they, they still happen a little bit but I would be I would be going along and all of a sudden and I would just hit a wall and I couldn't see anything I couldn't there was only the wall and I understood why the doctors said I'd be brain dead by 30 because it was really comfortable in front of this wall there was nothing in front of this wall it was peaceful it was quiet there was nothing to do. It was also boring in front of the wall. And I knew that I couldn't get through it. So what I did was I learned to step back from it. Mm, we need an example. Okay, so uh, I, was, I was putting out a, a proposal. I had till five o'clock, that was my deadline. And I went to hit the print button and boom, there was the wall and the print button was behind the wall. And even though I'd hit that print button a million times, it wasn't accessible to me. I couldn't find it. I couldn't see it. I couldn't. And I, I, I sat there with tears of rage pouring down my face until my partner finally came in and hit the damn print button. It was one of the reasons I started the computer support industry, actually. I learned to think around things. I learned if this thought isn't taking me, then I can, I can, the wall can be gotten over or can be gotten around. If you're having thoughts that aren't serving you, if you're having thoughts that make you hit a wall in your life, I can't do this. You will be right. You will be right. Yeah. But if you can step back and get a different perspective, what if I can? What if I could? If what would that look like? and begin to think new thoughts. These literally, not just with my, my injured brain, but with any brain, 
This is how you begin to craft new neurological pathways that take you out of old thought patterns. I couldn't do it in the environment that, that I was in after, after the accident. I lived in Sydney. Um, I, I you know, just so great in that industry. This is before I entered the computer industry. And, and everything, everything reminded me that I was no longer able to do any of the things that I could do. My work was everything. I loved making money. I loved building empires. I was so good at it. And all of a sudden, I couldn't do any of it. And I walked with death for 18 months. I woke up in the morning. I never knew if I would see the end of the day. It changed my priorities. It made me look at, okay, so if I died today, which is a pretty good possibility, what am I going to take to God as the sum total of everything that I achieved? Hey, God, I've made all this money. I broke through the glass ceiling of every industry I ever entered, and I never consciously hurt anybody. And I look at all these things I did, and suddenly everything that I had thought was so impressive just didn't look so crash hot when I took it to God. Was, you know. So I searched until I found something that I would be proud to take to God. And it was, I made each life that I touch more joyful. And that was what I founded my life on. I love that. It really worked well. That's why I named myself Joy, as a reminder of what I decided to embody. I need a lot of reminders. And it works really well. Yeah. I still need a lot of reminders for, for just about everything. Navigating the, the three-dimensional world, it's not easy for me. I... You know, figuring out a telephone. I wonder if anybody else can relate to that. Sorry about that, Bananda. <laughs> um, doing doing basic uh, doing basic functioning. Anything that involves uh, frontal lobes, cognitive thought. Actually, I'm getting better and better all the time. It's been um, well. I am now literally twice the age that any doctor ever said I would get to. I'm sixty. Yes, yeah, and I'm ten. Well something. done. Thank you. I am more powerful than I have ever been. They don't tell you that, ladies. They don't tell you that as you grow older, you can become more powerful, but you are. Your priorities change. You're no longer wondering, oh, do I look good? Or oh, am I this one? No. No, you start resetting yourself on what's true and what's important. Death taught me so many things. He taught me the difference between urgent and important. And if you want to know that difference, uh, a, a, a question that I learned to ask myself is how will this matter in a year from now? I love that. I ask myself that question also a lot. Do not get really overwhelmed. Helpful. It's really helpful. Like it really separates the things that are important uh, to what it's not. Yes. And An enormous part of dishes is urgent. Yeah, but exactly. it's not important. Exactly. Yeah. I invite you to ask yourself, if I died today, what would I take to God? If you died today, how would you look back at the last few months and how you spent your life? I know this has been an incredibly difficult year. How well have you nurtured yourself? 
in order to survive all of the things that I've survived, in order to become all of the things that I am, I learned that the most important thing was learning to nurture myself. When the doctors gave me the, the, the diagnosis, I, I'm not going to lie, I tried to kill myself. Obviously, that didn't work. <laughs> you have too um, many lives. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, no, basically, I've still got stuff to do. And if you're alive and watching this, then so do you. So I did the only thing I, I could think of to do. I killed the person that I was inside. And I built a whole new one from the ground up. I moved from a city of, of, of 3 million people in, a, a, in, in Sydney and I, uh, 16 million people, and I, uh, and I moved to a, a little tiny town, the outskirts of Ben Boca, and I, I started running a handmade paper mill and I, I changed my hair and I threw out all my clothes and I, I, I changed everything that I could. And then I thought, you know, if I'm creating a new me, I might as well choose one, create one that I really like. Because you know, there were aspects of me that I wasn't so keen on. You know, like uh, the truth had become a bit slippery to me. I no longer was really sure if what I was telling was true or maybe a story or I didn't like that about myself. So I, I sat down and I wrote down all of the things that anything I want to have in this new part of my life and then I wrote down the exact opposite and I heard that in order to to form a habit then you just had to do it for 30 days so all right okay so taking the the lying for example every time I heard myself about to tell a lie <laughs> I would literally say I would stop and I would say cancel clear and I would wipe the screen in my mind and I would say the absolute truth and oh it was so hard it was so embarrassing and it was so effective and so powerful now it's, it's, it's hard for me to to tell an untruth as it was i just i can't do it i'm terrible at it and i did this with absolutely everything that i didn't like until i i had created somebody that i was pretty darn proud to take to god and then i thought well you know okay so what next and i looked around and i, I started looking at things like hmm what do I want to have more of? I want to have more, more compassion. I want to be kinder. So what I learned to do is anytime I want to learn something, I look for who's doing it best. Then I go make myself indispensable to that person and learn by osmosis. That's really good advice. You're not set in stone, my love. Anything can be changed. You just have to have the willingness to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So how did your environment respond to that? Like I can imagine that a lot of people um did it like you anymore because you were changing or you were doing stuff that they thought was weird or something like that my poor husband found himself married to a completely different woman how did that how, how did that result in your relationship we divorced <laughs> really no actually um in that time no um let me let me see if i can access that There's going to be a whole lot of people who are very unhappy at you changing. These are the people that are very invested in you having the same role in their life. What do you mean you're looking out for yourself now, you selfish person? You just think that that's okay to do this? You're just going to ignore everybody else now? Then you're going to have all kinds of resistance. But let me ask you this. 
how much of a better person, mother, sister, daughter, you know, employee, employer, friend, whatever, how much better are you when you have given yourself what it is that you need? When you are coming from a place of fullness, how much more able are you to care for everybody? How much of a, a better role model are you when you stand as an example of what's possible? Yeah. You know, I didn't want my daughter to, to, to grow up in the environment that I'd grown up in. I wanted her to, to know that she could be and do anything, and that meant standing as an example. People don't listen to what your words are. They watch how you live your life. Yes, you will get a whole lot of resistance. Yes, it will be hard. And it will be worth it. You were born for so much more than you're likely living now. And what kept me going, I get, was, was, was death and my friendship with him. <laughs> no, is, this, is this the legacy you want to leave? How do you want to be remembered? How do you want to remember you? I have a, um, I actually have a, a, a death questionnaire that I like to give people in my creating your ultimate self uh, workshops, um, and I can I can provide it to your uh, viewers if you want, uh, yeah. because it really helps you look at your life and how it is that you're living. People are so scared of change. You know what I learned? I learned change is just taking what you are and adding choices to it. I love that. I know, right? It makes everything just so much easier. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And those people that I don't care, I don't want just really, what is it about your life? Is it what what is the thing that you like so much about your life that you wouldn't it wouldn't benefit from upgrade? In order to do to have a, a different anything, you've got to do something different. Look here. What do you get when you squeeze an orange? Orange juice. Yes. Can you get pickle juice when you squeeze an orange? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Good Lord, what sort of oranges do you have in your town now? <laughs> Can you get lemon juice when you squeeze an orange? No. No. Why not? Because they're different. Yes, it's because it's an orange and it can only give you what it's got inside of it. And just oh. like the orange, when I just realized, <laughs> I just realized that you said pickle juice. I was still pickled, like like if you have like like little pieces or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Sorry. that's why I was like, no, it's my fault. I understood it wrong. Got it. Got it. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> the point was slid on by. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Look, when we're squeezed. When we're in a hard situation, just like the orange, we are going to give what it is that we've got inside of us. And if you have spent your whole life giving to everybody else except yourself, then chances are when you're squeezed, what's going to come out, it's going to be pretty dry and bitter. Get juicy in all the good ways by giving yourself what it is that you need. Hey, you want to know? How to take the pressure off every single relationship in your life? Yes. Yes. Okay. Give yourself what it is that you need. Stop waiting around for somebody else to do it. You know, yes, how many absolutely. of us just like 
giving, 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 giving. Somebody's going to give me something that I need. Sometimes it's going to be my turn eventually. <sighs> Who's in that position? Come on, hands up here. If you learn to give yourself what it is that you need, then you will not only have it to give, but you're coming from a position of fullness and anything that anybody else gives you is going to be enough. If you're coming from a position of need, then you're needy and it shows, darling, it shows. Yeah. And it's not attractive. If, if you're coming from a position of need and somebody gives you something, it's like, oh, thanks. I really wanted a blue one, but it's okay. Yeah. When you're giving yourself what it is, you can go get yourself a blue one. And anything anybody else gives you is enough. If you want to truly want to empower every single thing, person, project in your entire life, here is the secret. Fill yourself up with what you want to give to the world and give from the overflow. If that's all you take from this adventure here with me, then your life will transform. Yeah. And if that's too from an empty hard, cup. You can't. You can't give what you don't have. It's not physics. It's not logical. It's not possible. Yeah. But we try and we try and, and until there's less and less and less of us and then we benefit no one. True. True. I'll give you one more little piece of advice. If that one's too hard, then try this, my precious love. Treat yourself as your own beloved child. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's a good one. I always really say... If, like, for example, with health and nutrition or with working out, something as simple as that, I always think by myself, would I give this food to my child or would I give this food to my pet? If the answer yeah. is no, then you should not eat it. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's amazing the difference that that one tiny shift makes. Yeah. My goodness. You know, what would happen if we placed uh, a, a dear little child right in the middle here and said you are stupid and lazy and ugly and this and then what happened what would happen to that gracious child and one thing we know for sure it would probably not live its fullest potential but the very next right yeah but what would happen if we place that same precious child here and, and told her how amazing she is how beautiful has there's no such thing as a mistake this is how we learn and grow and explore and yeah what would happen to that little girl you will be empowered, full of love, and just really, just amazing. <laughs> yes. And how many of us have that precious child inside of us that we spend a lot of time yelling at and then wonder why our lives don't work? Yeah. Change the way you speak to that child, and everything in your life will change. Yes. I love it. Your your uh, uh, audio is a little bit uh, different. I can hear you less clear as I did before. Mm, <laughs> Should I speak more clearly, or I mean, I mm -hmm. no, it's like there was something in front of the audio or something. I don't know. I'm over here with my hands up. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the perfect audio. 
again, um, oh, this is for, for energy sensitive people or people who are constantly, as you raise your vibration, different things are going to happen. And sometimes that's visible in your electronics. So watch out for like if light bulbs are going on or your phone starts going on the fritz or your computer, just, just, for, just for a moment, stop everything you're doing, step back and raise the vibration of your electronic equipment to match your own and you'll save yourself a lot of money. Cool. <laughs> well, I've, I've, it's funny. I always think that it, it is a coincidence, but sometimes when I walk outside and it's dark and there is like a lantern that is dark, but sometimes when I walk under it, it goes on. And I'm like, that's my energy. <laughs> it's just, yes, it is. Your energy affects your environment. It doesn't just affect you. It impacts everything. And that's why the most important thing that you can do is tend to your energy, is stoke your own flame. Yeah. You know, it, that's really all we ever have to do. And, and sometimes it can get so overwhelming. I tell you, I tell you the secret of, of, you want to know the secret to the fast track of enlightenment? Yeah. Not my secret to fast tracking enlightenment because it, it all sounds just way too overwhelming and, and, and no, I don't want to be there. What I do, my life is a constant process of continually evolving into the next grandest version of myself. So I am always perfect in my imperfection. This is how you get to where you want to go more quickly, easily and with a lot less stress. Continue to evolve into the next grandest version of you. I have one. I have one last question for you, because you've shared a lot of lessons already, and and you've went through a lot. But what is the biggest lesson that you can give? Biggest lesson. Well, there's so many. I will say, um, my website is experiencejoy.com. If you go there and put in your name, I will send you a 15-minute video that shows you how to relax instantly, keep a clear head no matter what's going on and clear stress from your body. You challenge you, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Measure your stress on a scale of 1 to 100. 1 to 10 doesn't cut it because it doesn't give enough wriggle room to find out if this might feel like 72.5% better. No, it gives you more wriggle room. Measure your stress on a scale of 1 to 100 right now with 100 being and 0 being. And then go to experiencejoy.com, click on that link, and watch that video and then measure your stress levels again when you've finished. And when you find out how well these incredibly simple tools work, Share them. Everybody needs to know these things. So I think I think those are the most important basic structures. These are the these are the foundational things that 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 I do <laughs> on the regular because they work. Yeah. So as for the most important lessons, it depends on on who you are and what it is you're going through. But um, yeah, and if you need more help, then let me know. I guarantee immediate positive results with my work, or it's free. So, so you already mentioned your website, but how can people find you? Is there any, any like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, LinkedIn? I don't know. How can people find you? 
I, I am on I am on uh, Facebook. I'm learning Instagram again. Technology is not my strong point. Um, I am growing my my presence and my technical skills. People usually find me because their their angels and guides bring them to me. You know, people people find me when it's their time to find me, and I don't really do baby steps. The baby steps you'll find on my website, but people find me when they're ready for a quantum leap forward, and uh, they know who they are. So yeah, I'm sort of like I get it. I'm yeah. People find me when they've said, "Okay, that's it. I've had a guts call. I need big help, and I need it right now. I want this stuff cleared. I'm done. I know I have a purpose, and I need to move forward. So let's just wow. And that's when I show up on the radar. So that's how people find me. Okay, amazing. Well, I want to thank you a lot for this conversation. Is there anything else that you would like to sh to share with us? You are more loved than you can imagine. You are safe. You are protected. You are seen. You are appreciated. Please, my darling, love yourself as a beloved child. Because you are.